Hey, it's Craig from Revolution Radio. This is just a reminder. Can you hit that subscribe button? That way you never miss a new episode of Canadian AF. Thanks so much for listening to Revolution Radio and enjoy this podcast. There we are. We're back for another episode. Can you believe we've done 70 of these? Like, seriously, can you I, yes. believe we've done 70? Really? Yes, because we've counted. It does feel like that sometimes, it's, doesn't that's it? That's very true, Demetria. We can believe it because we counted. But we're <laughs> neglecting the fact that Craig can't count. <laughs> I'm just capable of reading numbers. I don't really know what they mean. <laughs> it's a numerical dyslexia. It's just, it's really horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Derek is being especially mean to me tonight. So I'm preparing everybody. I don't know why. I have no idea what I've done, but it's okay. Uh, my name is Craig G. Alongside Dimitri Alexiu and Derek Lewis, uh, we will do all of the introductions uh, later on, and just you know fill you in on on how this whole shebang works. But tonight we are joined. Oh hey. Mrs. Lindley, how's it going? Mrs. Ashley's in the we, chatters. We are uh, so lucky to have a new bestie here to this program. His name is Alex, and he plays in a band called Rev Call. Does These Alex guys have are a last name? super fucking cool. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, it's just like Cher, just just one name, just Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, he's got a show coming up with his band that we're going to talk all about in uh, just a couple of minutes' time. But first, if we could, uh, Dimitri, we'll get you to uh, start us off with an acknowledgement, please. Okay, Canadian as fuck would like to begin by acknowledging the indig- indigenous peoples of all the lands that we are on today. While we meet tonight on a virtual platform, we would like to take a moment to acknowledge the importance of the lands we call home. And we do this to reaffirm our commitment and responsibility in improving relationships between nations, to improving our own understanding of local indigenous peoples and cultures, and to try to move forward in a spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. I met this fellow just over a year ago uh, because he ended up becoming my daughter's teacher. And uh, so we really appreciated him uh, doing that. And my, my daughter just fucking loves alex she just thinks he's the coolest thing uh since sliced bread so um and we just you know sat and we thought hey listen why don't we have a chat about uh, about the band that you've got going on and this upcoming show at uh so it's going to be a stovall saturday night uh at the earl of whitchurch which is in downtown stovall i'll tell you guys all about the earl uh in just a few minutes time i spent way too many a night there uh back in the day but let's get this thing going uh let's get the show going we're going to play a track from this band from their latest project the song is called wanderlust this is rev call episode 70 of canadian as fuck right here on revolution radio canada
Revolution Radio Canada, Canadian as fuck live right here, episode number seven zero, and that was Wanderlust from our new friends Revcall. You guys are fucking awesome, dude. Love, love, love your stuff. Uh, the latest project is Blood, Sweat, and Beers, and we are joined by lead guitarist Alex Perrin. How you doing, brother? Oh, oh, hang on oh, a second. I got you. I got you. Got you. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me, and great to chat with everybody here. Absolutely. Huge uh, fan of the show. Uh, me and my singer are listening to a lot of the episodes, and uh, a lot of good content. Love the conversation. Long Thank time you. listener, first time caller. That's two. <laughs> That's two. <it. laughs> We've had two of those. We have, for sure. Uh, Blood, Sweat, and Beers is the project, uh, the latest project from these guys. And um, so uh, let's... Alex, we got to go back to the beginning, my friend. So, as far as uh, Revcall, how did you guys get started? How, where, and when? Oh, it's probably like four or five years ago now. Um, and basically, like the, the singer of of my band was an old buddy of mine. We played rugby together, played overseas, uh, went on a bunch of tours. I never thought, uh, he was always into country music and he was doing his singer-songwriter thing. I was playing in heavy metal bands at the time. We never really aligned or enjoyed the same stuff. So it was uh, it was pretty odd one day getting a call from Chris asking me if I wanted to come jam. I thought, uh, what, what kind of project could this possibly be that he's looking for someone the likes of me? Um, it turned out to be like an all-original classic rock kind of thing and uh, just working with an old friend and meeting some new people that were in the band at the time. Just had a lot of fun. Really enjoyed the project, enjoyed the writing process and just uh, them giving me the ball and letting me run with it was was way cool. So, Do you nice. think that... Um do you think that there is a, is a lot of commonality like that's been growing over time with country and hard rock? Like that um, those two that those two forms have been getting closer and closer together over the past few long while? I I believe that they're always you know been fairly tied. Um it depends in in what what element of country obviously like nashville is a very traditionalist town um but there's a lot of people really blending and mixing we're hearing this with the blues we're hearing like hard yeah blues coming in and uh i always think about you know guys like hank williams the third who really yeah pushed yeah. that metal side of things yeah he's fantastic even going back to, you know, when uh, Dimebag and, and Pantera did that thing with David Allen Coe, that Rebel Meets Rebel album, um, I, I wouldn't say it's overly popular, but I think it's a current that has always been there, and it, and it's something that maybe doesn't get as much attention as it should. Uh, anytime I, I find a band like, you know, White Cowbell, Oklahoma, or anything that's like off the rails like that, I tend to really enjoy that vibe coming into the rock context. So Yeah, Raging Slab's another good one. Raging Slap. I got to check them out. Let me write this down. But That's like, what you, I have. You brought up the blues, and I think that like some a modern a modern country guy like Chris Stapleton, I think has a lot more in common with somebody like Bonnie Raitt and Eric Clapton than he has with anybody in Nashville. But he's considered country, right? And I also remember that like uh, apparently like Garth Brooks studied Kiss's stage show 
you know, and like and like and like when he was making like his big productions in yeah. the nineties. He's know? a Kiss yeah. fanatic. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a lot that other bands, like it's not to say they were the first of a kind, but there was they were the ones teaching a lot of other bands the nuance of what was actually going on. That kind of production and everything. Not everyone was able to have it. Not everybody knew what putting on a kick-ass performance really looked like until they saw that band, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. How do you guys, uh, how do you guys put a, a tune together? Like, what's the, sort of the songwriting process and, and um, you know, just getting figured, things figured out to uh, come to a finished product? Uh, many different ways. And that's what's so exciting about whenever we write a new tune. There's no guarantee it's going to sound like the last one. And that's what I find to be the most refreshing part. You know, in the beginning... <laughs> It was uh, my singer coming in with like a binder just full of pages going, I wrote all these songs, you know, and then uh, realizing they weren't, they were, you know, beautiful chord progressions. There was really great storytelling in the lyrics, but they weren't really songs yet. And it's like, how do we, you know, more or less a discussion about what direction we wanted to go and how we were going to create that, whether it was with distorted guitars or whether, you know, so oftentimes somebody will bring something in and we all work on it together so there are question so, question question yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it pertains to this what would be your vetting process then because i i as as a person that writes music as well i i know that there's like there's like you you have to you have to get through the mountain of absolute excrement in order to find the one right so is is there a process that you guys use in in that area as well um I would say the pillar of a lot of our decisions are based on whether or not it sounds genuine, like mm-hmm. to us, to our personality, to the image of the band and stuff that we're going for before. Um, we try very hard to not write things for other people. Um, at the end of the day, we want to be happy with it. Mm-hmm. And and so far, nothing that we've been happy with, other people have been you know, appalled with. So I, I feel like we should just keep going that route and being true to ourselves and being true to the things that we like in music. Yeah. Uh, we're, so, not, we're not the only people who like those things, right? So we just got to stick with it. Yeah. So when, I, so when I was check, when I was checking out your um, so a lot of your songs today, um, I noticed that you have some very classic heavy type of guitar riffs. And I'm wondering... And I'm wondering what, how you, like, is it you that comes up with the riffs being the lead guitarist or is it like, and, and how do you do it? Like, do they come to you in a dream? Do they, <laughs> do they is it, is it just like something like the noodle, the, does it come out of a jam? The noodle fairy like, comes and yeah. puts them beside your bed. Yeah. Like how, do, how do you find a riff that, that'll like, that'll carry a song? Um, Generally speaking, like especially for the songs that already come into the band and we're going to rework and remold together, it's about making them exciting. It's a make, about adding a little bit more to them so that there's a little bit more maybe unpredictability there. Uh, but, I mean, more importantly, um, I don't know, like we're picking... Hmm, it's hard to say. Like we, I try to... I like simplicity, for sure. I feel like there's those guitar players who are like so amazing and they play like a million notes a second. And then there's the other guy who plays three notes, 
but they're full of just energy and emotion. And I feel like space is our friend. So like, you know, simplicity is something that uh, we really try to shoot for. Something that's digestible for everybody, but it's got to have a groove, right? It's got to have something you could bob your head to and, you know, feel good when you hear it or when the song comes on. There's still songs of ours that, you know, I've done a lot of the mixing and the recording and things like that. Um, but I'm not tired of them yet. And if it comes on in a playlist in the car, I'm like, all right, you know, it's just got an energy to it. And that's yeah. that's what I want to feel in every transition, basically. So, mm -hmm. Some of our songs are dead simple, absolutely dead simple, but we feel like that's what they need to be, you know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I can, I can compare, like, so listening to your stuff, because I, I did bad research, I just did it today. <laughs> um, I've, been, I've been up at my brother's for like three days and I've been in charge of the dogs and... I'm not in charge of anything usually. And these motherfuckers get up at a time that's ungodly to me. And uh, so I haven't really had a lot of time on my hands except for today. So in perusing the smattering of stuff, there's not a lot on your YouTube channel, by the way. Um, but the three songs that were on your YouTube channel, uh, some, and you mentioned, you mentioned how you guys got, got together as well as like just one friend called another friend and said, Hey, come on, let's go do this thing. Um, very much akin to my friends in monster truck absolutely that, yeah that's that's a lot like a lot of the guys like out hamilton way or out burlington way i know a lot of i know a lot of those bands that's how that's how things got together yeah. and like sound wise with this again with this with this the the amount of stuff on youtube um uh it, that 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 heavy guitar driven riff driven uh, bass music very much akin to Monster Truck. Um, That's a massively huge compliment for us because I, we think they're a fantastic band. They're not something we try to emulate, but I can tell you that over the years, you know, or the, the, the years before Monster Truck really hit, there was a massive void for that kind of music. And like mm -hmm. the second I heard them, I gravitated towards it because it's totally my energy level and, and what I love. So it was so fantastic to see them grow and do what they did. And I think the enforcers like a staple, like NHL song or something now, mm -hmm. like, you know, just really branching out. And yeah, um, there's something to be said for music with energy. And yeah. I think the first couple yep. songs I heard from them were just, they almost knocked me over. Cause I wasn't anticipating ever hearing anything like that on the radio again, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a lot of that going on right now too, because there's a, there's a, uh, like, I think we've done, uh, much akin to like the 80s with like digital music and uh, like just high-end synth pop and all that kind of stuff and I, 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 I see and I hear and I and I I'm looking at like a lot of people actually picking up like an instrument or combining those two aspects now right mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people that are actually like actually picking up instruments and, and learning instruments Mm -hmm. which is which is giving us kind of like a um like there's a shoegaze explosion uh going on in like uh newfoundland and um there's uh there's like a really like again like post 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 pop punk thing going on out on the west coast um post 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 pop <laughs> yeah <laughs> we had we had we had pop punk and then we had post 
punk and then we had post pop punk so this is post 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 pop punk right dr manfringens <laughs> i know i think i need i think i need you need to put you need to share your screen with the flow chart derek you know, uh, you know what for you for you next, next week i'm making a fucking flow chart yeah please do yeah and of course our man scotty Comer's going to be on that flow chart he is he has to be he has yeah. to be. he is he is he is the number one contributor to pop punk and post pop punk and post pop 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 post pop punk <laughs> that I know. I, I'm seeing a question in chat here, or not a question, but the army Chris is saying too many genres, it's ridiculous. I think I would agree, but I'm curious to see what you guys think about is this hurting artists or is this really benefiting them having a million subcategories of almost the same thing a lot of times? Oh, interesting. Uh, good, good, good question. I, I don't know. I don't know whether people really take genre that seriously anymore. Like, does genre really matter to people who actually make music? Do, not like, not like me we were, personally. Yeah, like we were just like I know like um, we last week we were talking about bedroom pop, mm -hmm. you know, and we were talking about Haley Blay and and Charlotte Cardin and everything. And I don't I don't know whether they actually can they actually take into consideration the genre but bedroom pop when they actually make their songs you know mm -hmm. they just brad, like making what they make when we chat when we chatted with brad merritt uh bass player from 5440 he was um saying you know he he really dug the fact that uh that genres are almost kind of starting to meld so much into each other because you're just coming out with all sorts of new fantastic styles of music not necessarily better than things that have come out before but at least something that's new something that's different something to sink your teeth into i think so uh, yeah it's 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 an interesting point it's an interesting question it certainly yeah. is it's i just love that show so much because uh brad took the absolute ever-living piss out of derek and it was and you wonderful. will never get and you will it never get so good. tired of pointing that out <laughs> You know? It was amazing. It was so I, I good. Find, I find I find right now with with all the the like all the melding of music as it were. Um, not that I was alive then, um, but it's very much like 1960s San Francisco, right now, mm -hmm. right musically, right? That, like it doesn't matter, that. right? Like it doesn't matter. Like, like psychedelia. Well, it just it just just the amount of like musicians just playing to play. And just the general interest to hear something new and fresh from exactly. the people, right? Yeah. Right? Like, not the music stylings, but just the enthusiasm and the movement to play, to, to just fucking play, right? Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, we're going to sit down and have a jam session with blah, 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 Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and this random bongo player, right? Like and something came out of that and people liked it and maybe it wasn't a record maybe it wasn't a concert but it was like that group of people that were in that room were like that was fucking awesome it was yeah and for a lot of changes those were life life changing exper experiences in a lot of in a lot of those circumstances sorry yeah, yeah for sure i like, want to so go. two things two things i just Help have to say, other things to say really so. quickly oh, uh actually no derek i do have to cut you off um your your microphone is um rubbing on your zipper Oh, is it? I'm sorry. No, it's That's okay. Derek. Yeah. It's Derek. <laughs> Take it all off, Derek. Take there. it all off. How about that? <laughs> there huh? we go. That's better. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry, Derek. Finish your, finish your thought, buddy. <laughs> finish um, your thought, buddy. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Uh, no, now I've fucking lost it. Okay. Oh, I, sorry. No, no, no. No, I got so, it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Shut okay. Up. I got okay it. We'll I shut up now. I got it. I got it. Okay. Go ahead. So with, okay, because because I, I am also an artist uh, and that's what I do for a living. Um, uh, I, one of the greatest things about um, color was, was said to me at a course at the AGO, and I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, fabulous, fabulous human being. Um, really in-depth, really great knowledge came from this dude but I can't remember who he was. Um, he said, the amount of color you have is dedicated to the amount of color you can name. Ooh. Hmm. So for the amount of music we have, it's strictly, dedica- it's, it's strictly dedicated to the amount of music we can name. So the more music we can name, the more music we can have. What the well, fuck is wrong with that? Yeah, and it's it's a sound. It's a sound uh, like if something isn't named, if something doesn't have a property to it, does it exist even? So, yeah, I would agree with that philosophy. I mean, it makes sound sense to me. Mm-hmm. Alex, let's talk about if we could, um, going back to RevCall, would you be able to let us know as far as, um, you know, we're talking about the... Um, sounds you may have akin to uh, our pals in monster truck who are some of the influences that you know the group of you have kind of pulled from over the years i think that's really what makes us what we are is that we all come from different places i was just coming off the tales of uh i guess you'd call it like a metalcore heavy metal band chris was coming out of the country acoustic singing by himself thing our bass player who we have now his brother actually chris's brother jeff is with us now and he's got like huge punk influence which really came out in that wonderlust tune um it just really runs the gamut um and i feel like that's what is so cool where every time we can mash riffs together we get this new unique thing mm-hmm. um for me i was always inspired by like records that i heard at the house jimmy hendrix always listened to the who people like frank zappa you know roy buchanan was always in a like just boggled my mind as a kid um and i know like for chris you know uh you know there's chris stapleton there's you know all these great country artists like i can't even really list who they all are for me or for him but uh i think that we we were literally born like this whole band was from like a different genre. Every member in the band came from a different place. And that's where I almost feel like back to the other question, how do you vet this music? It all comes out so exciting almost immediately. And then we're just sort of fine tuning little stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's bringing something completely different to the table. And, uh, it's almost like jamming with somebody you you're not really deciding what you're going to play like if i'm if you're playing a riff and then i'm answering your question you're basically imprinting in me what i should be playing by the question that you asked Mm -hmm. so when other people bring things to the table it really almost opens up your thinking opens up the vault and kind of gets you to go in different directions so uh it's so cool that we have uh everybody is we listen to all different genres, but we really come from somewhere. And that is sort of like our, our identity as, as a, a member in the band. That's a great curiosity to have, honestly, music wise. Right. Like uh, you, you hear like so many, like so many bands are like, we have to go this way. We have to sound like these people. We yeah. have to do it like by these numbers, blah, blah, blah. And it's really, it's really refreshing to hear, um, 
uh, somebody talk about like having having like this open curiosity to see what somebody else can bring out of them by uh, introducing uh, some other form or some other aspect of music to them. Yeah, inspirations all around. If people are looking, if they got their ears open, it's yep. uh, it's constant, you know. Mm-hmm. So that Craig, was that was one of the. Sorry, Dimitri, just really quickly, it was one of the things I loved. Uh, I was one of the lucky ones that got to go to Humber back in the day. And when you walk through the halls of Humber, that was one of the things that I loved so much about it was you were just surrounded by music. So you were learning something new every every day you walk through those halls. Sorry, Dimitri. So Craig was talking about how much his daughter loves you. And uh, when Blake, we all Blake's, do. Blake's fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, when we were talking... amazing human being. Yeah. I do enjoy them. But um, when... Uh, when they were when uh when you work with young people um is there something is there something that young people surprise you about like with their approach to music that's a good question it's it's always something um it's really interesting to see where people differ and of course we all have different methods of learning or things that we really attach to and it makes sense of a concept for us. And that could be different for every person. Um, but it does amaze me how quick a lot of these children are able to learn something completely new. Oftentimes when we're working with kids at the school and it's uh, younger, far younger people, like I have students as young as seven, they don't have any musical they don't have bands they like, they don't have songs they like, they don't know anything about it. Yet here I could show them a song and they're picking up on the rhythm or they're picking up on the the most thing that i notice is people the awareness to playing wrong notes versus just blasting through and going well that was great and and it's like no they're they're stopping and i have to get them not to stop you know i have to teach them that part of being a musician is just carrying on right but yeah they're very much already attuned to these things. It's surprising on an emotional level too. Like there's songs that will make them sad or there's, I'll ask kids sometimes too, like, what does this chord make you feel like? And it's just amazing how emotionally in tune they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess yeah. life maybe takes that from us as we grow, <laughs> we get, but they're like a clean slate. They're completely, uh, susceptible to all those things and everybody you know learns differently when I started working with with Blake it was pretty amazing M- most kids um, they're become reliant on sheet music memorizing notes and then just yep. regurgitating things uh, whereas Blake was very into using her ears which is like the best tool you have and there would be times when I'd show Blake a riff or something like that and I'm I'm thinking like, is is Blake watching like where my fingers are going? But already, you know, putting the notes together, and and oftentimes it was like exactly what I played in a completely different place on the neck. Meaning to me, you know, that you're mm. you're really able to hear those things and and understand what they all mean in the context. So. I'm impressed every day by a lot of these these students, and I, I know everybody says it when they come into the School of Rock, but I wish we had something like that when I was their age. Yes, um, absolutely. 100% me too. Everybody went to the conservatory. Well, yeah. I've said, I said this before, Craig. I said, like, um, I've been talking a, a lot about, like, the, um, the access to information and, um, like, just, just the, the amount 
of uh, uh, information that that children can get their hands on, or ch- like children can can experience or, or be yeah. part of, or even just pick up by proxy, right? Like just being in in a room, yeah. And like like everywhere we go now, like there used to be places that we could go where there would be abject silence. Mm-hmm. Those places are very hard to find right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Bruce Dickinson decided he would start flying planes because it's the only place he could go to not hear fucking music. Yeah. Right. No. Um, so, so like, uh, like kids, children being able to pick up on that and like, like inherently be able to reproduce that. I believe again is, is, is much like you were saying, Alex is just like, it's very intuitive, right? Like, and, and not that they, they, they're just regurgitating something, but it's something that they're familiar with and something that they already know. Therefore it becomes, uh, it becomes almost sec- secondary to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Just, uh, everybody learns at their own speed. Everybody uh, learns things a different way. Uh, but just the, the level that some of these students of mine have gotten in a very short time, uh, it's it's impressive. I mean, I I remember my interest level was basically what what kept me going, um, and just that thrill of learning something you couldn't do yesterday. You know, I never thought I'd be playing in bands. I never really wanted to. I just played for myself, and I played to be better than I was. You know, the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it wasn't for that drive and that interest level, you don't succeed. And to see a lot of these students as real keeners, you know, who are, who don't want to do anything bad, who are upset when they don't understand a concept, who go home and, and work on the thing that they're the worst at, not just the thing they're the best at, but the thing they're the worst at, the thing they know they really need to hit hard. It's very impressive to me. Here's a weird question. Um, because you're because you're now a teacher and you're now influencing uh, children about music and whatnot, um, do you remember who it was that everything just clicked with, teaching wise? Uh, as far as like a teacher of mine, or yeah. well, um, this is where it all comes out in the wash, I suppose. I am a self-taught musician, and it took me, like, many, many years to get away from just, like, trying to be like Dimebag Daryl to understanding theory and how chords work and what progressions mean and what intervals elicit certain emotions. That all came way, way later, you know? Um, the The biggest influence to me was ob- obviously my, my father, who plays guitar Mm -hmm. and you know i grew up in a house with hundreds of guitars and amps he was a collector so i always had these amazing things kind of just hanging around and i knew that i wanted to i wanted to get my hands on them myself what what type of music would your father play um as far as his like listening category at the time it was just about everything including getting me influenced by new things i remember he'd always come home with a new cd something the guy at the cd store would recommend i remember one time it was like that jagged pill alanis morissette thing it was just whatever was popular right then he was always bringing new things home uh for him i think country is kind of uh 
what he likes to play a lot on guitar old old country hank williams senior johnny cash things like that that's kind of his go-to which is you know a great source of chord knowledge as well like if you're if you just know open chords country will humble you a lot of the times you know yeah for sure We've uh, we got to talk about your gig here, my friend. So the record, as far as the new record, is it out yet or is it not quite yet? It's it's not out yet. I'm uh, okay. trying to figure out the mastering thing and just Call trying Scott. to yeah, I'm just trying to get it as as close to good as possible. But it's going to be released very very soon and hopefully before the show on November 25th. Yes. So, uh, I would just like to shameless plug and say, if anybody's interested in hearing the new uh, Dealey, subscribe on you know uh, Apple Music or S- Spotify. I think they, uh, I think they have notifications, so when something new drops, you'll just straight up be notified right away. That's always a great way to do it. Plus, uh, that really helps us out a lot as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it tell us helps a- out with the algorithms. All right, and tell us about the Earl of Whitchurch because Craig has built it up quite a bit. <laughs> it's a it's a local spot it's always uh it's got its own built-in crowd which is something that you can't say for a lot of places i think it's probably one of the more predominant pubs in stoville for that sort of thing um i'm not sure what it was like you know 20 years ago or or whatever but i feel like it's always sort of been a fixture uh we've had some fantastic concerts there like absolutely packed Everybody that shows up is is ready to party. Um, we're we're really happy to be going back. We did a, a big stint downtown. We've played all over the place there, and and whenever we come back to play like a, a home show, especially at somewhere like the Earl, we're just super excited to see everybody again and and to show them what we've been working on. Fantastic. Well, the Earl uh, has been around for a very very long time. So I'm I'm from Stouffville. I'm a Stouffville boy, and. Um, the Earl, essentially, back in the day, was the restaurant in town. Uh, there was another place. It was a family restaurant called Angie's Eatery. There was uh, Fullerton's, actually, the Grant, uh, the great Grant Fullerton. Fullerton's. There was another one. Yeah, yeah that was a great yeah. music venue. Yeah, for a while. that was great. Fullerton's was uh, that was a really really cool spot too, and also kind of had its own sort of built-in uh, audience. But the Earl has just kind of always been there. Uh, it was started by the Hode family. And um, let's just say their son, Trevor, my best friend, Steve and I, um, we single handedly put their son, Trevor, through university (laughs) with the amount of money that Steve and I spent at the Earl back in the day. Uh, It wasn't uncommon because it was a small town and there was really nothing else to do. So I would work at the Canadian Tire in town. And it's like everybody my age, everyone went back to the Earl because that was essentially the place. So basically, it was essentially three quarters of your high school was sitting in this, in it's, this restaurant. It's Stouffville's equivalent of the Brunswick House. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. No, it, we was, got, it was we got so a, much fun. There's another one in, in uh, Markham called the Duchess. And yeah, it's just. Yeah. The Duchess is, is great. Yeah. Like you said, it's like a high, high school reunion or something. The, every time. The Great Goat in Newmarket. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Greystones in Aurora is another cool place. Yeah. That's. uh cool cool live venue uh, Craig you're that? so Stouffville you know my sister what's that what's that place um Derek what's that place or boys what's the place again in Oshawa the Atria no 
Is it the Atria you talking maybe, about? Maybe the Atria. No, I, I think there's quite a famous rock club out there. I can't think of the name of it now. Anyway, I used to DJ um, at a club called uh, La Scratch in uh, in Oshawa with my old buddy Daryl Spring. That was yeah. a, that was a fun show many you years know, ago. Oshawa had a ton of stuff, and I don't know what the hell happened to it all. There used to be the Mustache Club. I think the Diesel Room is still above the Atria, but I don't know if people like playing there too much. Um, the the Atria is another fantastic. Like if if you guys are ever looking for. Uh, some sort of roadhouse saloon to see Rev call at. We have like the most fantastic shows at that place. Um, everybody that goes there is there for music. They're not just there and discover there's a band. Uh, really, really attentive audience, and you just never know what you're going to get at that place. Absolutely, it's it's a blast. Every time. Yeah, hopefully not. Could, hopefully yeah. not. Uh, well, listen. Um, <laughs> Alex, brother, it has been a fucking blast talking to you tonight, dude. We could, we, I could chat with you for another hour on the air, like no problem. So we'll definitely have to have you guys back. Maybe we could actually get the whole band on next time. Just uh, that'd know. be fantastic. Yeah. So uh, the project is called Blood, Sweat, and Beers, and very, very soon, as soon as it drops, we will let you know at uh, Revolution Radio Live, our website. And we'll uh, put up all of the links there for Apple Music and Spotify and all those good places. So uh, make sure you stay tuned to that. Again, um, Stouffville, Saturday night, 8 p.m., November 25th, the Earl of Whitchurch in beautiful downtown Whitchurch, Stouffville. So uh, make sure you check out the boys there. It's going to be a lot of fun. My wife and I are going to try and go. So, uh, you know, because we're just down the road in Markham. So, but uh, yeah. I'm- Well, if anybody is interested in chat, come out and find me. I'm a... Just say what's up. Yeah. It's going to be a, a fantastic time. And if you do come, you can sit in the best seat in the house. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Very Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. <laughs> is, that, is that on your amp? Because if, if it is, I'm showing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, uh, we started a thing a while ago where only the most prolific drinkers would get a seat on stage. And it just looked good. It was part of the whole sideshow that is Rev Call. And uh, lately, the idea sort of caught on, and a lot of people really enjoy that idea. Uh, anybody who supports the band could be asked to sit in that seat. So, jeez. Okay, don't don't say that because I will come and get fucked up. <laughs> well, we'd be we'd be happy to have you, Derek. Okay, because I'm going to sit in that seat and drink an entire bottle of Jack Daniels, and somebody is fucking wheeling me out of there. That's right fantastic. On. Did you ever Not watch? A- um, did you ever watch Nirvana live at Reading? Yes. Oh, and God. there's like like they they the three the three of them start up and then there's this one guy in the middle of the stage just dancing like just being bounced around the stage just by all the sound and everything and it's just like he's like yeah just like being battered battered back and forth and I'm just like imagine being that guy yeah imagine being that guy just on stage with Nirvana just dancing yeah. his ass I don't you know? care I don't care <laughs> get in the zone yeah and he's just he's like doing like the walk all all around the stage yeah it's a fanta- that's a fantastic uh, we're baby. like what a what a fortunate man we're for no sure. Nirvana that's for sure Derek but it but <laughs> if you God. if you come we'll make you feel pretty I, and special oh good <laughs> 
I love feeling pretty. <laughs> purdy. Derek, purdy Derek always loves special. to feel. He I loves love, to feel purdy and special. Feel purdy and special. <laughs> That's right. Rev and call I, live Stouffville Saturday night, eight p.m. November twenty fifth. The Earl of Whitchurch. Alex, thanks so much for hanging out tonight, brother. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. I thanks really coming, appreciate brother. you guys having having me, and it was it was amazing chatting with you. Like I say, really loved the show, and I'll be uh, I'll be watching. Oh, oh definitely. Super yeah. quickly, that Twitch thing that's going on. What is that all about? It's how we get out. Oh yeah, so that's <laughs> that's how we broadcast. So Twitch, okay. so twitch.tv forward slash Revolution Radio Canada. The great thing with Twitch is if you sign up for a free account, you can actually chat with us, like like everybody is here, like the Army Chris, three cords to the fucking balls to the wall all day, right? Like so. It's it's absolutely free to join, and once you join, you can actually chat with us in the uh, in the stream chat here and, and put in your two cents and all that good stuff. So I am already following you guys. So. Fantastic! All right, excellent. Thanks again, brother. Blood, sweat, and beers is the name of the latest project. It's going to be online in stores as soon as humanly possible. Our man Alex, the lead guitarist from Rev Call. Thanks again, brother. Appreciate you having me this, very much. Thank you. This is the name. This is uh, Dead Elephant, the second track that we're going to play from this incredible band. Rev Call is on episode 70. 70. Can't believe it. Canadian as fuck. Live on Revolution Radio Canada. Thanks, Alex.
Thanks again, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, pal. I'm just thrilled to be here. Just a part of your show is fantastic. I really enjoy it, and it was fantastic chatting with everybody. Love awesome, always. Brother. See you November 25th. You I bet, hope. brother. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Take care of yourself. Thanks again, buddy. Take care, Derek. Dimitri, take care. All the best. Hey, listeners. I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. 